welcome back to the If It Fits podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michelle Jane. And I'm your other host, Jessica Payne. Hi, Jessica. Hello, Michelle. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you, actually. Having a, I've had a really good week. It's been so busy. I feel like I cannot believe it's Friday, but here we are. How about you? Yeah, good, thanks. So, um, busy, puppy training working did actually do my last shift in the gym yesterday so i'm no longer doing one-to-one pt sessions oh fab I've gone back to full online um i originally obviously left the gym in february before the pandemic because i just didn't have time to do the pt and i do enjoy the online side more so i enjoy like changing people's changing people's habits and the nutrition side yeah and during the pandemic i missed pt so i went back and then realised I haven't actually got time to do PT. So I've gone back to online again. <laughs> so it was my last <laughs> session yesterday. Oh, so, good. Um, yeah. Good. So uh, how's training going? Training is going really, really good, actually. I'm so happy to be back in the zone. Um, I'm really pushing myself every single session now. Every single week for the last few weeks, I've I've improved on most of my lifts you know the big the big compound exercises my deadlifts my hip thrusts my hack squats my leg press um my lat pull downs all of those i've been keeping track of my weights progressing on my lifts so really happy i'm pushing myself and i'm getting myself into that zone and just absolutely loving training at the moment i've increased my cardio this week because um i feel like i should be losing a little bit more quickly and I know my body, I started out slower just to see, but I do work better with, you know, a higher output. And as I've said yeah. before, I like to keep my calories higher and increase my output if I can um, for a while first. So yeah, back to doing 30 minutes cardio a day at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. 30 minutes stay master post-workout. And then I'm using my spin bike at home for my two rest days. But yeah all going really good so far absolutely loving it three lower body days two upper body days and in fact I feel like I could add a sixth day because I just love training so much at the moment so I found I've had to like force myself to take that one yeah. rest day I'm like oh I want to go to take a rest day isn't it when you're in it you just feel like feel a bit lazy when you're on a rest day but as we know, rest is important. I know exactly so I've thought no I'm taking the rest day and I'm gonna like do something productive like I'm going to do a lecture or something like that it gives me time to do that so yeah all going well on my end so far so give us a prep, um a prep update okay so prep update so last time we spoke I was losing one pound a week which um I just want to say if I wasn't on prep and I just wanted to lose body fat for myself once to get leaner I would be over the moon with one pound a week because I've only for lifestyle I would only have about 10 to 12 pounds to lose. So 10 to 12 weeks of losing one pound a week, I would get where I want to be. But <laughs> prep's different. So I was losing one pound a week, check-ins on a Tuesday. Tuesday, I lost another one pound, which if you add it up to how many weeks I got left, it's not enough. So my coach put my food down and then added in an extra check-in, which was this morning, Friday. Um, and I lost just under two and a half pounds in three days. Oh, wow. So, so the change is working. Um, we didn't reduce my calories by a lot. We took out um, 20 grams of cereal and 10 grams of chocolate. That's it. 
um, but my cardio is just the way it goes sometimes. Um, and I did see these my coach, like, I know my body. I know after about five weeks of being in a deficit and doing cardio, um, I will start losing a lot of weight quite quickly. It takes my, my body a while to, um, to like adjust. So I think I'm at the stage now where I'm going to start losing weight quite quickly. So I can go from looking fit to skinny quite quick if I'm not yeah. careful. Yeah. So um, like I know my body. Obviously, my coach knows what he's doing. It is a new coach. Um, I have told him that I can go from looking fit to skinny like in a blink of an eye. Yeah. So I think we'll have to start adding in refeeds later on. But prep's going good. So I'm training five days like you. I'm doing um, two upper, two lower, and then one upper and lower so one like glutes and then shoulders um cardio so doing cardio every day um 25 minutes on training days 30 minutes on a rest day and i'm doing it on my spin bike but my my ass is killing <laughs> so i just bought i just bought like this pad is actually i just had an email now it's on his way today and I bought it last night I was on the sprint bike and I was thinking I can't do this every day. <laughs> I'm gonna need to buy something. So I bought like this pad, like a oh, bike the seat. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so prep's going good. So I'm enjoying it still. I think I'm enjoying it more because I haven't gone go to the gym twice every day. But yeah, it's just effort. It yeah, it's really handy having a spin bike at home. But it's gonna get to the point where I'm gonna have to start doing my cardio in the gym at some point because. It's really an effort for me, like I said last time, to get my heart rate up to and keep it at 130 beats. I literally got a pedal like someone's chasing me. Um, but yeah, prep's going good. So I'm about eight pounds down in total and I've got about seven kilos left. I say seven kilos left. I'm only going by last stage weight. That's all I've got to go by. Yeah. Um, we're not really aiming to be the same weight as such because last time, obviously, um, I didn't have as much muscle as I do now, oh, but I still had a bit of body fat on the back of my legs. So I don't really know what weight I'm going to be at, but I'm just got that to go by, if you know what I mean. My yeah, it's sort of a rough that. gauge on this yeah. is what I was last time and you know you'll be around that region. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm glad that you gave, you know, a little bit of perspective on the fat loss in terms of, you know, wanting to lose it a lot more rapidly and obviously we know that prep and competition lifestyle isn't the sustainable way of living is it this is a temporary thing with it's not a, real life is it it's, it's not real life it and it's a definite goal yeah yeah you've got a definite actual date where you have to be in that position so that's why it has to be a bit more aggressive whereas i for example like we were chatting just before i've lost um literally two pounds in about three to four weeks i was expecting to have a bit of a bigger drop if i'm honest just purely because you know i've got back into dieting and i thought you know the initial water weight drop and all of that but i didn't but again like you i know my body and my weight like when i diet it doesn't change that much like i can go weeks and weeks and weeks where it's exactly the same yeah i'm feeling better i know i can feel my stomach better i tried on a pair of jeans the other day which fit me a little bit better so that's all i'm going nice. by at the moment and I'm not really in a major rush for anything. I'm just trying to, after, you know, seven months of not really being able to stick to my routine, it's just nice being in my routine and enjoying it for the time being. So obviously fat loss is my goal and I am doing that. So I have increased my cardio this week to 30 minutes a day, like I said, but, but yeah, taking it a little bit slower and just going with the flow, but in f taking note of how I'm feeling as well and looking in my clothes awesome. and all of that. So 
that's obviously what we encourage all of our clients to do as well and why we don't just focus on scale weight but glad prep's going well that sounds awesome so looking forward to seeing how you get on with that after another week on plan and it'll be really yeah. interesting actually because you've said you know that your body usually gets to that point where you start to lose in really quickly so it'll be good to have you know the updates on how you're dealing with all of that at the time so yeah looking forward to it yeah it's, it's, i've started losing it now so i know I'll, I'll continue losing it each week if if my calories and cardio stay the same or keep dropping so um yeah i'm ready for the shreds now i'm ready to be lean i haven't been lean since 2018 uh, <laughs> so, i'm ready for the leanness as well i i was lean last year not like as lean as i have been but i was lean so if i can just get back to where i was in october yeah that would be amazing <laughs> but i'm expecting it to take until at least november or december for me to get there probably <laughs> oh you get that that's fine i'm loving life enjoying it and yeah having fun okay so today's podcast we thought we'd talk things that we have mentioned on a couple of podcasts in the past but we think it's so important for us to just reiterate um these things because people forget you know and sometimes every, everybody we're all human we need a reminder and just a little prompt as to oh yeah that's why so we thought again we'd discuss today the real reasons why you may not be losing weight despite being on in a on a diet and you know whatever you're doing so we've got a couple of things that we've both we actually both went away and thought of a list of ideas and <laughs> came together and had exactly the same list so that was a good sign <laughs> we both find that so. common problems so <laughs> Yeah, we thought we'd just run through some of those with you all today and hopefully some of them will, you know, resonate with you if you are struggling or going through a patch where you hit a bit of a plateau. Hopefully one of these or some of them will, you know, make you think and help you get back on track a little bit. So do you want to do the first one, Michelle? Yeah, so the first one, so the first one is overeating and trying to make it up with cardio. So basically overeating over your calorie deficit and then do an extra cardio and training to make up for it. This is such a common thing. Now, I've got a client who's been um, doing this. So I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. I did eat uh, a burger on the weekend over my calories, but I did do an extra cardio session. Like It doesn't really balance. like It doesn't work like that. So if you eat an extra 300 calories and then go to the gym and go on the treadmill and burn 300 calories, it, your body doesn't work like that. Like, for example... The calories on the machine are not accurate, which we've covered before. Yes. So if me and Jessica, for example, were to go on the treadmill, the exact same speed, the same incline, the, the machine will tell us we burn the exact same calories. And Jessica and I are different, we're different heights, different weights, our metabolisms are different. Now our bodies doesn't they don't burn calories the same, like our metabolisms are different. So if you were to go and eat 300 calories and then go on the treadmill and burn 300 calories, like it doesn't work like that. So you're your body, for example, like age matters as well. So people got different metabolisms and people burn calories at different rates. So someone younger will burn more calories at a faster rate than someone older. Um, so eating extra calories and then trying to do cardio to make it up or an extra training session, it, does, it won't counteract the calories that you've eaten. This is a massive common mistake. I don't know if you've ever had clients to do it or... Yeah, clients and I've done it myself in the past as well. You know, we've all been guilty of it. And I think 
where you've said there's 300 calories, we don't know how many calories were in that burger. Some burgers can be, you know, eight, 900 calories up to a thousand. That is a lot of cardio you're going to need to do to, to burn that amount of calories. So you're probably not burning off even a quarter of what you ate extra. Like it takes a lot of effort. So yeah, completely agree with all of that. You can't, you basically can't out-train a bad diet is the saying that they say, isn't it? Not that eating a burger is a bad diet, but if it's over above your calorie allowance and you're trying to lose weight, then obviously if you'd eaten the burger and still been in a deficit, that would have been fine. But if you've eaten all of your calories and then eaten a burger on top of it, then you're putting yourself out of that deficit and just making, making it much more difficult. But yeah, like we always say, the machines aren't accurate. You can't look at the treadmill and say oh well i burnt 300 calories so i've lost that now well, you haven't you probably weren't nowhere near 300 calories anyway yeah like you said and it depends on your dieting history you know with the metabolism as well if you've been dieting for a longer period of time again you're going to need lower and lower calories to lose fat so definitely you can't just make up for overeating with doing an extra cardio session it just doesn't work like that unfortunately because you know would be nice sometimes to think, yeah, well, just, would, yeah. just do a quick 30 minutes on my spin bike and I'll make up for that massive pick a mix. I'll just go and eat a bar of dairy milk, it's all right. I'll just go and dip on my spin bike to bin it off. And not only that, is doing that, well, then you'll get a bad relationship with food and you'll be in this cycle of overeating and over exercising. And it is a cycle that it is hard to get out of. So, and it is a really bad mindset to get in as well. So, thinking, oh, that's okay, I've overeaten today, I'll just go and do some extra cardio. And then you'll just get in this cycle of overeating, extra cardio. And it's just, it's not a very nice place to be. So, and it doesn't work. You can't burn off the calories you're eating if you're eating out of a deficit. Deficit is key. Yeah, 100%. That's a really important point, actually. I think, you know, especially for young girls, that can really start to play on somebody's mind and that can become a little bit obsessive and start going down the roots of, you know, eating disorders and things like that. If you're constantly thinking, oh, I need to burn off what I'm eating. And yeah, it's just not a good, not a good road to go down at all. So try and avoid doing that if possible. Okay. So the next one we've got then is overestimating activity levels. So for example, if you tell your coach you you can train X number of days and do X amount of steps, but actually that then doesn't really end up happening and you end up, you know, not doing four sessions a week and you can only actually fit in two and you don't get 10,000 steps a day, you're getting in 5,000 a day on average, for example. So whereas you know, Michelle or I, if you're on our team, or if you yourself have calculated your calories based on a certain activity level, if you're not then actually putting in that activity and your energy output isn't quite as high as estimated, you're then not going to have as big of a calorie deficit. So it is going to be harder. And in that case, you've got two options, either do the output that you said you were going to be able to do or if that's completely unrealistic then it's just a case of having to drop calories down a little bit to just create that deficit you know make a bigger deficit and spur on the fat loss I think a lot of the time this this happens quite a lot actually I think people 
some people come to me and they say, right, I can do six days a week <laughs> and all of this. And I can do an hour to an hour and a half, six days a week. And I'm like, but you're doing nothing at the moment. So let's start <laughs> a little bit more realistically. <laughs> let's maybe do three or four sessions a week at the moment. Um, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, see how you get on. And the vast majority of the time, like people will say, I only fit in two or three workouts last week. I couldn't quite do the fourth. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm glad we didn't, say that you're going to be doing six <laughs> so yeah what were your thoughts on that one yeah so that i get that quite often so people when they start a new plan you're motivated you're like right i can do five or six days a week and then you don't really factor in that you've got kids pets work other yeah. things that, that that come up um this is why it's really important to speak to your coach and, and put on the questionnaire when you check in when one of the questions is, did you get all your training done? And so many of you say yes when you haven't because you're scared to say no. Like, just be honest and say no. Like, I can't fit in the five days that I thought I could at the beginning. I can only physically fit in three. Then that's the whole point of having a coach and checking in and the plans being personalized. Is it personalized to you and your lifestyle? Now, the training should be part of your fit into your lifestyle, not be your lifestyle, if that makes sense. So the, the, the fitness part should fit in, slot into your lifestyle. So if you can only physically fit in three days, then some changes need to be made. So that's absolutely fine. But if your calories are based on five days and you're only doing three days, then you're on too many calories. So you're not actually in a deficit. Or like Jess said, with the steps, like I've got clients who work from home. They don't really um, walk that much. They're on 7,000 steps, whereas at the beginning I had them on 10,000. And each week they were honest. They were like, look, I can't physically get in 10,000 steps. So I changed it so they're on 7,000. So then now they're not stressing. They can't get their steps in. We adjusted their calories a little bit to compensate for the less steps that they're doing. So this is why it's important to speak to your coach and to be honest on the check-ins. So if something's not working for you, if you're on too many steps, too many training sessions, and you can't get them in, just just say and, and change them and, and your calories would be adjusted accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's absolutely fine if you can't do that amount. You know, we've all got different schedules, different priorities, different commitments with work, family and all of that. It's absolutely fine to not be able to train, you know, five days a week and fit in all of that. But if you're honest, if you open your communicate, then your coach can work with you come up with a realistic plan and like michelle said set calories accordingly and work through it that way and that can be adapted you know you might then have a period of time maybe through the summer holidays where you think right okay i've got a bit more time now so we can add in some more exercise and you can adapt and if you're doing it on your own if you're working out calories and you haven't got a coach then do you know the same thing be honest with yourself um is my output as i expected am i actually training moderately or intensely five days a week and doing 10,000 steps or is my activity a little bit lighter and should I you know adjust my calories accordingly and yeah just base it off that basically so I think we covered that so yeah. the next one is not tracking your food correctly now um the reason we added this in mainly was because I had a client who um 
I check your fitness in my fitness pal every week and she wasn't losing weight. So we really dig down into what she was eating and how she was recording it. And she was recording instead of um, like potato weighing it, she put one potato, one chicken breast and that's okay. But her, really, her goal was to lose body fat. So really she needs to be weighing it because one chicken breast, like I buy my chicken breast from Booker's and they're massive. They yeah. weigh about three, they're massive. They're the biggest chicken breast. They weigh like over 300 grams. Where if you go and buy a chicken breast from Asda, they're like 150. So that's double the amount of calories. Yeah. And same as a potato, like a normal potato. And then you've got like the jacket potatoes are bigger. They could be like double the amount of calories. So one potato is not the same as like the next potato. One chicken breast is not the same as like another chicken breast. You have to be weighing stuff. Now weighing stuff is not forever because once you've weighed um, your food for say, I always recommend a good couple of months of weighing consistently. And then you just get to know what like, say for instance, you usually have 150 grams chicken breast uncooked. You just get to know by eyeballing food what 150 grams of a chicken breast would look like um so that's the main one with not tracking correctly and another one is when you search for food the only downside to my fitness pal is people can input food into my fitness pal so people can um put like chicken breast for example and make up the macros themselves now you want to be scanning food really you want to be scanning packets and weighing your food so Anyone, that's the only downside about my fitness pal. Anyone can put things in. It's really frustrating. So it's tracking correctly. So I do recommend scanning barcodes when possible. And another thing about scanning barcodes, actually, a client of mine, bless her, last week, week before, she wasn't losing weight and she's in the calorie deficit. She's working really hard. She's a new client. And she's been eating a lot of pasta. So when we dug down into what she was eating, when you scan a pasta packet, I don't know if you know, like Tesco's pasta is cooked weight. Yeah. The barcode is cooked weight. So she was having um, like 80 grams. Dry weight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, you are absolutely loving life because that is, that's a massive that's massive, pasta. yeah. So she was eating three times the amount of pasta really because when you cook pasta, it's roughly two to three times the weight. Yeah. Um, so just be careful and read the backs of packets. When you do scan barcodes, like some pastas, not all of them, a cooked weight, not dry weight. So like tracking correctly is is a massive thing on my fitness pal. 100% and you know even with scanning barcodes like you've said there it's about being careful and sometimes you can scan it and it comes up with a completely different product like I don't know if you've ever noticed that but I've scanned my husband he likes scanning in um, barcodes he hates typing it all so he scans and he's like what the hell this isn't a yogurt it's bacon <laughs> you know whatever it might be <laughs> yeah that happens as well so double check what's coming up when you scan it and and like you said, it's just about double checking the serving size. What serving size is that related to? Is it related to cooked weight, uncooked weight? And it sounds like a bit of a faff at first, but once you've got that thing recorded, if you if that's then a frequent food that you eat, you know that you've got it there. And yeah. every time you search for it, you'll know next time what what it is. And like you said, people input things into my fitness pal and it's relying on, you know, the public basically to have input something correctly and they might have input calories only. They might have input the calories wrong. 
they might have put the protein and the carbs and all wrong if you're tracking those as well so yeah just about being careful and double checking things on your first you know go of of putting in things into my fitness pal and another thing on my fitness pal while we're on it is eating back your exercise oh. calories because my fitness pal if you don't switch that setting off what you'll see at the top is the food um, that you've consumed how many calories is your daily calorie target and then it sometimes adds back on exercise calories and a lot of the time people will get confused and they think they can eat those calories back oh i burnt that many calories doing exercise so i can eat them back well as we've just discussed on you know the first point that we said there one we don't know how many calories you actually burnt doing exercise that's just based on what's come through from your smartwatch or whatever it might be and two they've already been factored in so when you calculate your total daily energy expenditure and you're figuring all of that out you're basing your exercise within that so then you're going to be you know undoing that basically and eating back calories that don't need to be eaten because we're meant to be in the deficit not bringing yeah. calories back up I've had so many people do that because when you just glance at my foot, if it adds it on, and yeah. you just glance because some people just look how many calories they got they've left. Got left. Like, what a bar of yeah. chocolate. How many calories have got left? Like, oh, I've got 500 calories. I can have a big bar of chocolate. But it's really, it's added on 300 calories. You've only actually got 200 calories left. I've had so many clients do that. So I tell them now when they begin, like, turn it off. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need my fitness. You just want to track your food on my fitness pal. You don't need to tell it what exercise you're doing. No. And sometimes it sneakily adds it back on. Like if I do an update of the app or something, it'll like turn it back on. Yeah. I'm like this bloody sneaky thing. Um, I guess maybe they want people to not lose weight as quickly. So they keep using my fitness pal and paying for the premium. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this must be some marketing thing in it. But yeah, I always focus on the left one. What calories I've actually eaten rather than looking at how many calories I've got remaining. Yeah. That's so much easier to focus on. All right, cool. So next one we've got then is being a little bit too flexible. So obviously both of um, both Michelle and I encourage and support completely, you know, sustainable lifestyle doing this in conjunction, you know, with having a balanced social life and things like that. Depending on your goals, obviously, if you have got a set goal, then you might be a bit stricter. But in most cases, we want this to just be a lifestyle habit based change. But what we do find is if you have got that goal of losing fat or whatever it might be, sometimes going out every single weekend, socializing, drinking, that can actually hinder your progress. And it's about how you manage those situations. So there's one thing going out every weekend and having a meal with friends, nothing wrong with that whatsoever, but it's when you find people are going out and going over calories, what, you know, are they going out and having a massive pizza every weekend and, or a massive Indian meal, which is full of calories or a Chinese. And obviously we both um, encourage the calorie banking throughout the week. If people know they're going out for a meal, so they've got extra calories to play with on a Saturday, for example, but it's about, you know, making sure that you are still eating within reason and you can actually go out and order, you know, a nutritious, healthy, balanced meal. You can order salmon, potato, vegetables, still be with your friends and family and still be enjoying your night out without, you don't have to eat like a three course meal and dessert and have loads of alcohol 
every single weekend because it is going to make it a longer process and you know some people do say I'm you know I'm I'm not losing as fast as so and so and start comparing themselves which obviously you shouldn't do anyway because everybody's different but very often then you'll look at the two different lifestyles and one person is sticking to the plan rigidly and actually tracking their calories and making the vast majority of their food and then if somebody else is going out drinking like quite often they'll go over their calories or they quite they couldn't quite estimate their calories they think they were in a deficit well you can't know if you're in a deficit and when you're eating out all of the time we know it's hard to accurately track unless the, the calories are on the menu and they've been actually calculated a lot of it is guesswork and with the oils and the things that restaurants cook food in you could be massively underestimating what you're intaking basically so you could be doing it with really good intentions and trying your best but still be underestimating so you know where possible if you can make your own meals for the majority of the time that's going to help you progress a little bit more quickly because you've got more control over what you're inputting into your body yeah exactly so with eden i like i've got a client for example she's um next week is a mum's birthday on a monday friend's birthday on a tuesday so she's going for two meals so i i said to her like one of them have something that you really want she's going to an italian on a the monday and she loves this italian i said right now on the tuesday obviously still eat out but maybe be a bit more conservative so maybe order like salmon steak chicken with some potatoes and veg so you can just try and save some calories so enjoy the meal on the the monday which you're going to bank calories for then obviously you're not going to have enough calories then to have another big meal on the tuesday so then just still obviously enjoy your meal like we're friends but order like like what jess said you know there's nothing wrong with ordering like chicken potatoes and veg um but yeah so eating out and then drinking alcohol as well thing is with alcohol especially if your goal is um weight loss it just has a negative effect on the body especially it makes you dehydrate you makes you hold water um so if you're really focused on scale weight which we do try and tell you not to but obviously people are you're going to really find it hard to do scale weight if you're going to be drinking every single weekend it's just a negative effect that alcohol has on the body um especially if you're going to be drinking things like cocktails like i got a my clients are very very social <laughs> i got a client who loves her cocktails um so we have tried to cut them down a little bit and they're just like full of sugar yeah cocktails you'd be surprised at how many calories are in them um so we do support you eating out with friends and family you being social having drinks and stuff but if you're on like jessica's eight week plan or my 10 week plan and you're drinking and going out every weekend you're not really making the most of that. It's a short plan to make the most within like eight and 10 weeks. Um, you should make, I'm not saying make sacrifices, like don't go out at all. Just make some compromises. So if you are going out for a meal, maybe don't go and smash a massive pizza, have like um, steak, potatoes and veg. And if you do usually drink like half a bottle of Prosecco, maybe just have a glass. So it's about making compromises, not sacrifices. So if you have got a goal, especially if you're, you've, joined um jess's eight week shape up you've got eight weeks to make a bit a change you 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 really can't be drinking alcohol every single week and smashing a pizza every single weekend because you're not really making the most of that eight weeks which is just just seems a bit um pointless so it's about making compromises 
So if you usually, so I got a client who came to me and has two to three takeaways every week. I said, right, this week, let's have one. So it's a compromise. Like we're not going to cut them out completely because it's just unrealistic. So right, let, let, this week, let's aim. She said, right, I'm not going to have any takeaways at all. I said, right, okay. You're going from having three last week and now you're not going to have any this week. That's not really realistic. You're setting yourself up for a fail. So let's go for one takeaway. So it's like making compromises, especially if your goal is fat loss. Um, we still want you to be social, but then there's being social and then there's being social, <laughs> too social. Yeah, exactly. It definitely is about compromises. And this is something we've banged on about a lot. But if you have got a goal, you know, you do have to make some changes because if you carry on doing exactly what you were doing you're not going to make any changes at all so we know that compromises do need to be made in order for you to make progress reach your goal and you know a lot of the time it's temporary you're not going to be in a fat loss phase forever you're going to get to your goal then you're going to go through a reverse diet build back up be it maintenance have room for more flexibility but you definitely have to make some compromises in order to to reach your goal it's um my sister's 30th birthday tomorrow and I can say this on here because the podcast won't be going out until after that so she's got a surprise birthday party <laughs> and um I'm gonna drive I'm not gonna drink tomorrow because I'm just really getting into my goal at the moment I'm loving training I want to go to the gym on Sunday and have a really good session I just don't want to have a weekend of feeling like crap so I'm gonna go I'm gonna enjoy it I've been banking calories to have like a bit of the lush cake well it's like a brownie stack cake thing that she's having so I definitely want a bit of that so I've been saving calories all week to you know just have a little bit of that and I'll be mindful with the rest of my food I'm not going to gorge but again I've chosen I don't drink much anyway to be fair but I've chosen to not drink and to just go and enjoy it um have a really good night have a good time have a laugh and then come home and be able to just crack back on because a lot of the time that's an after effect of alcohol, isn't it? It's the craving yeah. the next day. And, and it's then, you know, a couple of days of eating really like not nutritious meals whatsoever. You want to get your KFCs or your McDonald's in and McDonald's. I always fancy. And do you know what I'm getting that they got rid of? Still Fanta. That was my hangover cure. Oh, McDonald's. was it? I've no, never had that. I the only thing I mean I very very rarely drink but I don't drink I do, no more really no I don't I can't remember the last time I did actually but you know if I do I always love a Burger King chicken legend I think that's what it's called that is amazing with bacon and cheese so like the most fattening one mm, I could possibly have yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's mine but yeah basically that's if you're going out every weekend and constantly like going over calories or putting yourself in these positions where you're going to be craving food and not eating such nutritious meals for the following days after, then you're just hindering progress basically. Yeah. I mean, like Jess, like, choose your indulgences. Like Jess, she is going to a sister's party and she's choosing to have the cake and not the alcohol. Jessica knows that she can't have both because it's going to take her over her calories. So choose your indulgences. Now there's this term called um well I just swear on here. I'm gonna swear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if it's not so for example, right? You go out for a meal with your family, you enjoy your meal, and everyone's looking at the dessert menu. You look at the dessert menu and you're like, hmm, I don't really fancy any of these, then it's a no. Because you haven't looked at that menu and gone, fuck yes, I want that. 
like me, if there was like a Biscoff cheesecake on there, I'd be like, fuck yes, I don't care how many calories I got, I'm having that cheesecake. I'll claw back some calories tomorrow. But if I look at the menu and it's like buffet rolls on there. Chocolate oh yeah, bitter rolls are rubbish. And I'm like, hmm, I don't really know if I want one of these. And it, I, I say no, isn't it? Yeah. Because I haven't like, looked at really. that menu and I haven't gone, fuck yes, I want that dessert there. I don't care how many calories are in it, I really want that dessert. So that's what I want, want you to do. So if it's not a fuck yes, is it no? Yeah. Basically, so if you're like with your friends and everyone's ordering a starter and in your head you're like, I don't really want a starter. I was going to have a main and a dessert. And you look at the starter menu and you're like, hmm, is it no? Because you didn't want one in the first place. And you yeah. look at the menu. Sometimes you get it. Like, if your friends are ordering, you're like, oh, go on then, I'll have that. And it's like, well, yeah. you don't really want it. You're just doing it for the sake of it because everyone else is. So, yeah. yeah, it's like when you go to the garage and you're stood there in the queue and you just pick up a chocolate bar. And you're looking, you're like, mm, I don't really want one. I'll just have that one. Like, it's a no, because you haven't gone, I really want, I really want a dairy milk. And you go in there and you're like, fuck yes, I'm buying that dairy milk. So unless it's a fuck yes, it's a no. What if it's a fuck yes every single time I go to Tesco and look at the Cadbury's bar? Then you're going to be fat. <laughs> <laughs> because I could say fuck yes every day, but I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know that in your head, I know, though, I know what got, you mean. You've got yeah, a goal. But unless you, you know, you see something like me, I absolutely love donuts. I absolutely, I'm like Homer when it comes to donuts. Oh, really? I'm not. Oh, I absolutely love a donut. But I can say no to some donuts, like Krispy Kremes. I'm, with the Krispy Kreme, it's got to be a new one. But if it's like a strawberry or a one with like sprinkles, it's like, no. If it's got like caramel in it, I'm like, fuck yes, I'm having that Krispy Kreme donut. <laughs> yeah, I do like Krispy Kreme donuts. I like the filled ones more. But um, yeah, yeah, for me, the dessert would have to be like a hot chocolate fudge cake but you know sometimes most of the time I find they come and they're disappointing I'm like the fudge yeah. isn't where I expected it to be and I'm like oh and then I had to beat it anyway obviously but <laughs> but yeah hot chocolate fudge cake would be my fuck yes dessert absolutely love it uh, when it comes to cake carrot cake oh my uh, god I love carrot cake the Costco carrot cake oh my god that is that. the best and the Costco red velvet cake and the Costco chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have to go to Costco. Luckily, um, I, I don't actually go to Costco. My neighbour goes for me, so I don't have to go and see them and give in to temptation all the time. But yeah, oh God. Have you tried the Costco cakes? No, I've never been there. Oh my God. After your prep, I'm going to get you the Costco carrot cake because, oh, oh my God. I'm already looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to my mouth is watering. Why are we talking about it? Let's move on. I can't stop thinking about it now. Right, <laughs> I'll have to tip of my monster on. to uh, satisfy my craving. <laughs> swiftly moving on. Okay, so the next one is not training hard enough. So not pushing yourself to, um, to your limit. Um, I do get clients now and then to send me videos of them training. And I've seen people in the gym, like doing cardio, just going through the motions or training just like on the phone especially on the the abductor just on the abductor going from machine to machine just going for the motions like 
you're not building you're not going to build muscle we all know that building muscle speeds your metabolism because once you've built the muscle um it takes in more energy in the body so you burn more calories at rest but if you're just in the gym just going through the motions just doing your bicep curls looking around and on your on the cardio machine just swiftly talking to your friend like what's the point you need to yeah. be training high you need to be go to that session i always tell my clients put your phone on airplane mode you can still use bluetooth you don't need to be looking at facebook and stuff just go to the session lift as heavy as possible like with your cardio whether you've got five minutes cardio or 50 minutes you need to be going as hard as you can because the goal with cardio i always think in my mind especially when i'm on prep my goal is to work as hard as i can with cardio burn as many calories so it doesn't go up yeah because if you're just going through the motions and you're not burning as many calories as your coach thinks you are then they think right we need to put your cardio up then you're just going to get more cardio you're going to get more training sessions whereas if you go as hard as you can with your cardio and your weight training to, to get the most out of it then you're prolonging like you can, i always think i'm prolonging my cardio going up if i go with my cardio session and i give it everything i got you can see from the photos i post on my instagram i'm absolutely face bright red absolutely sweating oh, yeah my, my goal is in my head i'm like right i'm gonna smash these 30 minutes and i'm gonna give it everything i got to prolong it going up because if i just go for the motions and not burn that many calories then it's just, it's just gonna keep going up exactly and this is actually where i know we always say that you know smartwatches and trackers don't give you accurate calories but it's, it is where you can check consistency so whether or not you know if you finish 30 minutes of cardio and it says you've burned 300 calories whether or not you've actually burned 300 calories in real life is probably yeah. unlikely but at least you know that according to your effort that you put in your watch is telling you that so the next time you do it you want to be aiming yeah. 300 calories or more. You want to be pushing it every single time. You don't want the next session to be 250 calories because you gave a half-assed effort because you want to keep it consistent. And every session that you do, you want to go in and train with intent. Like you're there for a purpose. You're there to build muscle, as Michelle said, which is going to aid your fat loss later on. You're there to build muscle so that you can achieve the toned sculpted look that everybody's goal is because we all want you know nice shaped body and we want to be strong we want to be fit and healthy so like i said at the start of the podcast where i said you know i've got back into my schedule over the past few weeks every single session i've increased my weight on hip thrust squats um leg press all of those sometimes it's by 5k sometimes it's by two and a half k the other day i added on like 1.25 k onto each end of the progress. of the bar but it was progress um or you know i've aimed to increase reps or whatever it might be we've had a whole podcast on progressive overload before but every session you want to go in and train with intent you never want to go in and train worse than the last time you want to at least equal the effort that you've put in and it's not about sweating and you know all of that isn't a sign you know especially in your weight workout that isn't a sign of a good workout because i sometimes i'll do a whole upper body workout that's really intense but i don't really sweat that much no, that's not a sign of a good workout aching after the workout isn't a sign of it it's about going in with notes so writing down you know each session what did you achieve what did you do last week what are you going to go in and aim to at least equal this week or aim to beat did you do 10 reps on a 33, 33 kilogram lap pull down? What are you going to do this week? Is your goal 11 reps, 12 reps? 
go in, smash it the week after you think, oh God, I actually achieved 12 reps. I'm going to go up the weight this week. Every session, look to progress, look to get better and train with intent. And you will massively see a difference in your results. Yeah, exactly. Make the most of your sessions. There's no point just going to the gym and half ass in it. Just, just go in, put on airplane mode and get a log book. Um, yeah. I try and give all my clients log books if I can get one to them. Um, I recommend that you get a log book. You've both got an app that you can um, record your weights on. But personally, I'd rather see it. I'd rather have it written down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do recommend that everyone gets a log book. Yeah, it's so much better because you just, otherwise, and I, I'm guilty of this sometimes as well, you know, if you're not recording it, you're going in, you end up doing the same weight that you did for the same amount of reps and just like breezing through your workouts, not really, you know, you're just there going through the, going through the motions, but not really pushing yourself. And there's always going to be the odd session like that, you know, if we're exhausted, but we want 90% of workouts to be 100% Better. effort. And even home workouts, you know, it's, for people training at home, logbooks are perhaps not as essential because there's not that much weight to choose from. But then it's about paying attention to the tempo, for example. You know, if your coach has written lower for four seconds and hold for two seconds at the bottom, make sure you're actually doing that yeah. because that's what's making that exercise more difficult. And if you're able to do, say, we've got 15 reps on a sumo squat on your home workout plan, if you're doing that and it's actually fine, tell oh. your coach so that they can switch it up a little bit and maybe change the tempo or change the rep range or do something to make it more challenging because you don't want to be just doing it for the sake of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, so the next one, oh, we did eating back exercise calories. So we got starting with calories too low and then binging this is something we've banged on about for such a long time and will continue to do so because i think it's something that you know people might have not have listened to our previous podcasts we might have new clients people who've listened and understood it before might have forgotten about it because as humans we need to be reminded like we said earlier of these things yeah. all too often people want to slip back into these old school ways of thinking you know that your calories have to be super low which isn't helped by apps such as my fitness pal who you know make you input your goals at the start and then tell you to eat 1200 calories i, I wish it wouldn't do that i wish that yeah that it's still annoying it should just be a food tracking app they shouldn't have that on there it's really annoying um but yeah if you are i can't i've lost count of the amount of people who've come to me and on my on their form i ask them you know are you currently on a diet do you know what calories you're currently eating most of the yeah, time they don't but a lot of them yes i'm, I'm eating 1200 calories or yes i'm eating 1100 i think one recently and often people think that they're eating that but sometimes they actually are you know so i'll have a conversation how long have you been doing this have you been actually sticking to it or have you been going over on the weekends and very often i'll find that is you know, when I dig into it, I'm like, so how long have you actually been sticking to 1200 calories? Oh, well, I've been trying to do it, but I sort of do it for three days. And then I find that I'm starving. So I do fall off track a little bit. And then I go back into it the next week. I'm like, okay, so you're not actually eating 1200 calories. And that's why because it's so for most people, for some people, we always say, you know, everybody needs different calories. If you're super, super short and petite, 
unfortunately you probably are going to be on calories that are quite low like that but for most people you don't need to be that low and it's about then trying to do something that's so hard and so unrealistic to stick to you can't sustain it so you're going to find that you're going over on the weekend so and people are people always say don't they michelle and um, I can't believe how much food I'm eating and still seeing progress. Like I yeah. can't, believe, I've never eaten so much food in my life. And I'm like, well, you have clearly, <laughs> but you've been eating maybe foods that, you know, were really calorific and foods that weren't so nutritiously dense. And when you automatically start eating healthily um, and, you know, adding vegetables and volume to your meals, you become full. So you feel like you're eating loads more. Whereas, you know, to just eat, a burger and chips which may be a thousand calories for example that isn't necessarily as satiating is it you feel hungry yeah. again an hour later and you're looking for a dessert so it's about the types of foods that you're eating um but yeah most of the time people people think they're eating really low calories and they're not but it's so hard to stick to so that's why we'll always start clients on higher calories and why people think you know like you said with your um client last week michelle who she was like hang on these calories are far too far too high is something wrong and you're like no stick to them for a little bit and let's see what happens because if you have your higher calories you can sustain that seven days a week you're not sustaining it three days a week and then going off track and and on those days where you end up you know going off the rails a little bit you're probably eating thousands of calories and completely taking yourself yeah. out of the deficit and, and doing it. So while you feel like you're on 1200 calories, you're only on 1200 calories for a few days a week and the rest of it, you're undoing all of your hard work. So that's why it's so much better to have higher calories, do it at a steady rate and actually be able to sustain it. And that's where, you know, you're going to get these long-term results because you've been able to stick to it. It's been enjoyable. You've been able to factor in your cocktail night, your mother's birthday party and, you know, all of that. Enjoy life and get to the end of your goal and you feel good about it. And, you know, you've actually achieved it. <laughs> yeah, you get so many people that have come to us like, I'm on one facing 200 calories. And you're like, right, okay. In your last... The conversation we had you said you've gained two stone recently so to gain two stone you need to be in over your maintenance yeah. calories of oh, 3500 calories a week over your maintenance calories but you're telling me you're on 1200 calories you don't really add up they think because they're on 1200 calories say monday to friday and then which we already covered overeating on the weekend they don't really understand the because they're on 1,200 calories for five days, they should be losing weight. Whereas really, it's the weekend overeating that takes them out of that big deficit. And what happens then, that Jessica said, is the cycle of over-restricting 1,200 calories and overeating, usually the binge on the weekends, that takes you out of that deficit. And it's a cycle that you get in. So you start on Monday, start a diet on a Monday, 1,200 calories. You might even do that for two weeks. And then obviously you can't sustain it. So then you overeat mainly all the things that you've cut out. So like your chocolate and your pizza and stuff. And then you start a binge cycle, which is not a really good place to be. Um, so starting the calories too low is a big thing. So people are usually Monday, I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to go on 1,200 calories and it's not sustainable. So you're better off putting your calories, like Jess said, higher. Um, 
so it's maintainable which actually you're still in a deficit because then you're not having that you're overeating those binge episodes so i've had so many people come to me and i put the calories up i always use um sally in this as an example because she came to me um she gained a better stoning weight but she was in that over restricting overeating cycle i put her on 1200 calories to start off with and she messaged me i think you've made a mistake with my calories they're too high I said, well, actually, you're in a deficit. They're not too high. Let's just stick to it and see how you get on. She lost a stone in six weeks. Um, and I only actually put them down to like 1,600 in the six weeks because she was sticking to it. She didn't have to, she didn't feel restricted and she wasn't then overeating, binging on the weekends. She was consistent with the calories, which I think is a main thing. And she was full because I was getting to eat a certain amount of protein. I was getting her to eat five portions of fruit and veg, which when she's hit that, she still has enough calories then for like the foods that she enjoyed eating. So people come to us and panic. Like, you you put me on too much food, I'm really full. I say, because you're eating protein and you're eating fiber, you're not eating shit. Yeah. Like McDonald's, which only makes you full for like half an hour and then you're starving again. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said earlier, I'm increasing my output because I know that I like to have my calories a little bit higher. I don't do well if I drop them too low. I, I am that person as well who wants to go out and, you know, if I'm really hungry on the odd day, I might be like, oh God, I'm starving today. Like I, I have to overeat and I don't want to be like that. I want to feel full. Yeah. I want to feel energized and I'm, I'm doing it in a sustainable way where I know I can stick to it. Like I'm on calories, I'm on 1700 at the moment. And I like that. I can fit in, you know, the foods that I want. I've, I'm able to bank calories like I am this week. So I'm eating 1600 this week because I know that I'm going to um, have, you know, a little slice of that cake and stuff at my sister's on the weekend. So I'm banking calories and I'm able to stick to it. And for me, I'm like, yes, I've, I've got enough food in throughout the day. I'm eating what I want. I like it. They will come a point where I'll have to, you know, drop and be a little bit uncomfortable. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with having to have higher calories. Sometimes I'll start people on what I think are decent calories, like 1600, say, for example. They might struggle with that. And that's fine. We move them up to 1800. Yes, the deficit is going to be smaller. But so what? If it means you're going to stick to it and if if it is more conservative, the weight loss will be slower. But if you're not in a rush to lose weight and you just want to change your lifestyle, feel fitter, feel better, you know, just be healthier in general whilst losing fat in the process, there's nothing wrong with eating 1800 calories a day if you're still in deficit and just doing it like that. In fact, some clients I put on maintenance calories to start and they'll like drop five, six pounds on maintenance calories where they have been eating over and above you know you it's good to start higher because the more calories you can get away with then the better i say <laughs> yeah so when you start a fat loss phase when you start dieting you should be looking at at it like how can i lose weight on as many calories as possible rather than how can i lose weight on as less calories as possible you want to try a start a fat loss phase or start a diet eating as many calories as possible like, how can i lose weight eat as much as i can that's how i think of it yeah eat as much as i can because you know who wants to be in a massive calorie deficit especially at the start of a fat loss phase exactly. because then you're just gonna the deficit is just gonna get bigger and bigger you're gonna be on hardly anything towards the end 
Yeah. I started on 1800 this time when like little cardio and that didn't quite work for me, but I did it for a few weeks because I was like, if I can get away with that, I'm going to do it. But it turns out I yeah, did exactly. to uh, increase my deficit a little bit more, but I tried it to start with <laughs> to see what happened. I, I was thinking, you know, I've been really inactive for the last seven months. This is going to drop off me. I'm going to do 15 minutes cardio post-workout. That's it. And I'm going to be 1800 calories, but it didn't work um, too well. So I've had to drop and increase my deficit a little bit, but I tried it and I'm still on like decent calories, 1700. And now I'm starting to see progress, feel better. So nice. yes, it's working. Fab. So last one. So people are too focused on dieting and not changing their habits. So what I mean, for, for example, so if you've gained weight, obviously it's your habits, the things that we do daily, weekly, is what caused you to gain the weight. So like we did a podcast on habits. Um, so you want to look at changing your habits because dieting, when you start a diet, um, especially if it's like a ketogenic diet or something that is only going to be short term, it's not really going to fix the long term problem. You're going to lose weight short term, but you're not really um, going to be able to sustain that, you're just going to gain the weight back. So you need to think about changing your habits rather than going on a diet. So for example, like me, always going to go back to the ham. I always used to take a piece of ham at the fridge. So every time I did that, and it wasn't just once a day, it was like two, probably two or three times a day. Um, and that was a habit I've had since a kid. My mum always used to go nuts and be like, oh, it's a waste, have a sandwich. Well, I'm wasting two pieces of bread then as well. And it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was that habit needs to be changed. Because if I went on a diet, for example, I would just go back to taking the ham again. So I recognised that this is one of the habits that I had. The me taking the ham out the fridge needed to change because that was saving me at least 50 calories every day because I do it every day, sometimes two or three times a day. So I just stopped buying ham. So I recognised that there was a bad habit of mine. So you need to look at your habits, not just think about going on a diet because you want to, you want this to be long-term and for long-term you need to change your habits. Like another habit I had was, I know we covered this in the habits podcast, was purposely going into the garage to pay for my petrol so I can buy a bar of chocolate. Yeah. I didn't really need that bar of chocolate. Didn't really want it. It was it then become a habit. Every time I filled my car up, I would go in, get a bar of chocolate and pay for my petrol. That was now a habit that I had. Yeah. So to change that habit, I started paying my petrol with my card to stop me from going in the garage. Because that was just a habit that I needed to break. So you need to look at changing your habits and not think about going on a diet. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And I think what we were talking about earlier in terms of training as well, where people suddenly say, right, I want to do six days and all of this. You might be able to do that when, you know, motivation is super high at the very beginning. But if that's going to become really unrealistic to fit into your lifestyle, you can't really make it the habit. So if you can then say, start realistically and have three training sessions and you're like, right, I know Monday morning, I'm going to train for 45 minutes and then I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do that on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If that's a realistic habit, you can like build that up and over a few weeks time, you know, that is going to become a realistic habit. Whereas if you're trying to fit in, you know, six hours of cardio a week plus five weight training sessions and this, and then you've got this other thing booked in and kids clubs and all of that, that's hard to make it habit. So it's about making realistic yeah. lifestyle changes so that you can sustain this going forwards. 
so yeah and on both fronts nutritional side and training side is about making that building up good habits over time that you can realistically do that can just become part of your lifestyle you can build them into your life so it's not feeling like a humongous chore or you know it's not going to burn you out or become when things start to feel like a chore you start to hate them it becomes unenjoyable and you end up giving up completely i find whereas you can build the habits in make it sustainable make it part of your life you enjoy it more you look forward to it it just becomes part of routine like my morning walk is part of my routine i was just gonna say i just written a day now my morning walk yeah when i was in the gym obviously i got my steps in working in the gym but when i worked from home on a friday i only worked in the gym Monday to thursday friday i did a little bit of online and i would get hardly any steps in on a friday so obviously i work mainly from home now so during lockdown i started to go to the garage every morning now that it's now just a habit. I wake up, see the teeth. Now I see to the dog. I can have a dog at a time. Wake up, see to the dog, and I go for a walk. That is now ingrained. It's a habit, and I, my day doesn't feel like complete if I don't do it. Like I didn't do it this morning because it was absolutely hammering down. So I'm going to go this afternoon, but it just feels weird not doing it. But every usually every morning, yeah, like you, I get I wake up and I just go for that walk, and that's now part of my day, part of my routine. Yeah, 100%. Same for me. And I've done walking on and off for a good few years. And I did it. God, I was looking, I had like a Facebook notification pop up from five years ago where I was out on my morning walk. And I remember there was about a year or so where I didn't, I think it got to winter, I stopped walking and then I didn't do it for like a year and a half. And it was hard getting back into it. It was like, oh God, I gotta go for a walk. Do I really want to do this? And God, it's my favorite part of the day now. I absolutely love it. Like it's right, my alarm's going off. I'm going to get up, go for my walk and then work. So I could get up, you know, an hour later if I wanted to and lie in bed and not do that. But then I'm not progressing towards my goals and it's hindering my progress. And I feel awake and alive and energized after my walk. It helps me really wake up. So yeah, that's now a habit. And like you, I feel really weird on the odd day. I don't do it. For me, a Sunday is a day where I don't usually tend to do my morning walk my routine is a little bit backwards and I tend to try and get to the gym a little bit earlier on a Sunday so I'll have breakfast then I'll go straight to the gym then I might do a walk later I might do a bit of a walk on the treadmill and do an evening walk to finish some steps depending on what I've got planned on the day and it does always feel weird um I get it in I do it but I do think oh miss my steps this morning actually because <laughs> it yeah it just sets me up it's my favorite part of the day now i love it yeah, yeah. and with habits you need to do something consistently for it to become a habit yeah like like with my morning walk if i just did, did it now and then and one day i didn't then i did then i didn't it just it just wouldn't become a habit so you need to just keep doing things consistently so like jess said we go into the gym monday wednesday and friday just an example um same time same days that would just then be part of your day but like right it's monday six o'clock it's gym time yeah and i would like with going to the gym for example i would pick days and times you go so i go in the mornings now so i go for my morning walk um some days i'll actually walk to the gym because the way i walk it's uh, it's that way but the gym is then a little bit further so i'll walk to the gym um and um yeah so it just becomes a habit so i would pick days and times like i go to the gym in the morning seven o'clock in the morning um certain days i take wednesday and sunday usually is my rest days so monday seven o'clock gym time 
and it just becomes a habit yeah yeah and now that I'm out of my full-time job and you know doing this I've built it into my daytime routine like it's part of my diary now um so I try and try and get to the gym it doesn't always work out I'm still getting into my schedule but I'm trying to get to the gym for about three four o'clock so I know that it's there so I'm not leaving it until six seven p.m then where I'm feeling like oh I wish I went earlier like I can't be bothered to train now or I've got this to do now I'm fitting it in in my daytime because it's easier for me then I'm coming home and doing work again I'm finding it's nice like break up from my day so yeah it, whatever works for you whether it's morning evening lunchtime whatever we all got different routines but it's about it's called habit stacking isn't it you think right I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that so for Michelle that might be right I'm gonna get up sort the puppy out brush my teeth pack my gym bag walk to the gym for me, if I get up, um, literally do that actually, get up, brush my teeth, get dressed, take my morning tablets, my vitamins and all, and then I just literally go for my walk and then I come back. I might wash the dishes, do a bit of housework, um, have a shower, eat my breakfast. That's literally my morning routine every single day. And I love it. Gives me structure, gives me focus, and it's just part of my normal life now. Yeah, well, we're creatures of habit, and we so yeah. and once you've built up those habits consistently for a few weeks, it then does, yeah, it then just becomes a habit. We're creatures of habit after all, definitely. Okay, well, I think that just about covers our list for today, and we have been talking for a while, so I guess we will end it there. Yeah, I think that's it. Amazing. Awesome. Well, you've already done gym today, then. If I yeah, I've been this morning. morning, so I did have a bit of a lie in this morning, so I am injured. Last oh no, yesterday I won't gonna tell everyone, but I may as well just tell everyone. I basically so I got a puppy and he's a bit he's regressed. So we didn't get into a good habit where he would so if he's in the living room, we'd go to the door to go out to the kitchen, yeah. to the, the back door, to go to the toilet. But he's now gone back to pissing everywhere. So I had a couple of hours yesterday where I needed to get some work done. So I knocked him in the kitchen. I got a pretty big kitchen and opened the door. So he's got the whole of the kitchen and the, the back garden. So he's yeah. got a big space, but it, it, there was piss everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. So as I was, um, so I got him outside um, so I can clean it. And as I picked him up to put him outside, I slipped on his piss. Oh, and my God. And I literally went up in the air and landed on my, my ass and my coccyx. So oh. that's why I'm kind of slightly at the minute, so I'm not really sat on my bum properly. But So I went to train legs this morning, um, and I started. It was, it was glutes, and I thought, I just can't. So I did a, um, an RDL. Obviously, you can feel it in my glutes. Yeah. So I did some, like... So on my plan, I had like hip thrusts. I thought I can't do that. My ass is killing. Um, I did a little bit of legs, but it was just like a half-hour session. So oh. I ended up doing some shoulders. I thought, right, I've got to feel like I've actually did something. So I did message my coach, and I was like, look, I've hurt my coccyx. I've tried to go through it. We always tell our clients, like, if you're injured, like, don't train. But I didn't listen to my own advice. I tried to train anyway. Um so yeah, I had a really shit shit session to be honest. Oh. <laughs> but my coccyx absolutely killing. It's just bruised. I haven't like damaged anything, but yeah, it's, I'm I'm bruised at the minute. I basically slipped on puppy piss. <laughs> oh god! Well, I bet you're glad I asked now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, I should have just said yes. I have trained today. Yes, should have just said yes. Yeah, I've trained. <laughs> oh well, I'm 
going to get ready. I'm going to have my pre-workout meal now and then I'm going to be going within the next hour. So upper body for me today, even though I've done all three of my leg sessions and I just want to train legs again, but I'm not going to. I love upper body, but I'm just obsessed with leg training. Ah, I love training back and shoulders. I love shoulders. The training plan that I've got with my coach is, is mainly back and shoulders. So I've got two sessions of back and shoulders. And then my third session where I've got glutes and shoulders, got a bit of back in it. So I'm basically training back and shoulders three days a week. Lush. I do like training. I am trying to grow my back. So I am going to focus a lot on that as well. But um, I just feel like training legs all the time. Uh, there we go anyway i'm gonna go and eat my pre-workout meal so i'll leave you to your day thank you everybody so much for listening and please do continue to like share the episode if you listen to it tag us on your stories and tell your friends just to help us get it out there a little bit to help as many people as possible if you have any topics you want us to talk about message michelle or i and you know we'll we'll cover them on the podcast so do get in touch Yes, and if you've got any questions, we've probably got our questions podcast coming up soon. Um, we do one, try to do one every few weeks. So if you do have any questions, like Jess said, please um, send us, um, DM us any questions that you have. So on Spotify, please follow us. On um, iTunes, please leave us a review. Um, it just, so we can, like Jessica said, we can get to more people. Um, it'll be fab. So screenshot the episodes and then tag us. That'd be amazing. And join us next week. Yep. Yeah, okay. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.